Welcome to the Sisters in Crime Writers Podcast. Everyone has a unique writing journey, so join us for conversations about those journeys from the writers themselves. It's Julie Hendricks, the Executive Director of Sisters in Crime, and I am delighted to welcome Martha M. Ganey to the podcast today. Martha is the author of the Amateur Sleuth Star O'Brien Mystery Series, which begins with Death on Clare Island. The series is set in County Mayo, Ireland. Martha currently serves as the president of Citrus Crime Writers in Central Florida. She's been a member of SYNC since 2017. She earned her PhD in interdisciplinary studies and before turning to the mystery writing life, served as a dean of a business college in the Pennsylvania State University system. Martha and her agility puppy Turla reside in Florida. Welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you, Julie. I'm happy to be here today. <laughs> Did you notice that I Bostoned Martha um, no, for a second? No, I didn't, but that's okay. <laughs> I try not to have my Boston accent come out, but sometimes I add R's to the end of those, A. Um, those R's, <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Tis the season, right? Um so let's start where I always start with this podcast. Tell me when you said to yourself, I want to write a book. Well, I, you know, in preparing for the podcast, I, it's really been a long journey. And uh, when I was a teenager, I wanted to write. And uh, a friend of my parents had just retired and she gave me a typewriter. And I spent the entire summer in my room. She gave me a typewriting book trying to teach myself how to touch type because I was in uh, on the academic track in in mm -hmm. high school. I wasn't taking any writing courses. So um, it was just a long evolution when I I was an English major. I had my master's degree in English and I was very disappointed uh, when I graduated and started teaching. And here I was teaching grammar, spelling and composition. I wasn't doing anything with English literature. So I did write a lot of articles on teaching writing to middle school mm -hmm. students. Um, and then uh, I moved out of teaching into a corporate role and spent most of my time writing presentations and thought leadership pieces. And then I decided I wanted to go back into education. I started my PhD. And interestingly enough, in my PhD program, you had to have um, what they called a personal development project that gave you no credit towards your program, but you had to prove that you had done this pro project. Mm -hmm. And that's when I've been wanting to write a mystery book all my life. <laughs> I wrote this book. And actually just put it into a drawer then. Uh, just before I graduated uh, with my doctorate, I got diagnosed with breast cancer and I went through mm -hmm. all the treatment. I graduated. And it was then that I said, you know what? Life is short. Mm -hmm. I really want to be writing mystery stories. And all of a sudden I was offered a, um, a position at a uh, university. 
uh, as a graduate faculty member. And again, the book just sat in the drawer. And probably about six years ago, um, I said, this is it. I'm, I'm going to start working on my, my book. So that's, you know, it's been a lifelong dream, something that I wanted to do, doing a lot of writing, um, but never going, you know, as wholeheartedly into it as, as I really wanted to all along, because I think sometimes, you know, in our career, in our life, we're just guided along into, into different things, different areas. Well, and creative writing uh, is a commitment that is, it takes a leap of faith. I mean, your writing <laughs> doesn't necessarily have, uh, you, you hope it gets published, but that's not why you start writing. So it is easy to put it in the draw or put it aside until you sort of make the space and say, now's the time to do this. Right. Um, and you'd been writing academic um, articles and working with that space. But what? how did you build your craft as far as being a mystery writer goes? Oh, well, that's all I ever read, number one, <laughs> are mysteries, uh, used to be. And over time, I, uh, I became very, uh, secular in a way where I thought I only wanted to read mysteries that were written by women. Mm-hmm. Don't ask me why, but that just became my thing. If I saw it was a male author, I, I just didn't, didn't look at it. So I, uh, have read a lot of books. I have a lot of reference books and then, it's four or five years ago, I took uh, a writing course with Writers Digest University and mm-hmm. Nikki Hayden. I think she's on the board of uh, Mystery Writers of America. Now, I've taken three courses with her over the last few years. Uh, the the one that I loved the most was uh, outlining your novel. That She j- was just so helpful in in that. And then I took one on uh, writing your mystery novel, and I forget what the I, I was involved in the last one when some things happened recently, and I I wasn't able to keep up with that course. But it's been through courses, it's been through Sisters in Crime. I keep telling everyone in my chapter and everyone who joins the amount of craft knowledge that you can gain from being a member of SYNC and of your local chapter. I have sat in on so many workshops, so many Mm -hmm. presentations, taken notes that um, it's, it's unbelievable, you know, for, uh, for what we pay in dues, what we get back Mm -hmm. um, from the organization. And uh, so that, and I think too, I am independently published. I haven't had the courage to look for an agent. Um, But it's working with editors, working, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't edit my own work. I do, you know, I do edit my manuscript, but I do, uh, I work with a specific firm that, you know, provides proofreaders and copy editors. So, uh, it's just working through that process uh, mm-hmm. all, all along and working with different people um, uh, that I think you learn the craft and by reading and uh, like I said, you know, doing things with Sisters in Crime uh, has been, uh, I never, I always say I was the accidental president of our <laughs> chapter. I didn't ask to be that person, but 
um, it's been a learning experience for me. Yeah. Well, and we we can talk about uh, how wonderful all the volunteers are with Sisters in Crime and chapter yeah. leadership and and you know stepping into that and and taking that on is work for you, but it's also you get a lot back as a yeah. as a chapter leader. Um, but you also are one of the people who has volunteered to do the write-ins with Sisters in Crime, so some folks will recognize you from those, um, yeah. and that's something we've been offering we started really with nano uh but through december and january and through 2023 on tuesdays and fridays four times a day um we have write-ins where volunteers just lead an hour worth of write for 25 minutes take a break write for 25 minutes but different leaders do different things and have different conversations um and that's been a tremendous help to a lot of writers and i encourage sisters and crime members to join the write-ins or just to check I participate, as you know, I volunteered every day in November. And part of that was very selfish on my part because I'm working on book four in my series. And uh, I had some things going on in my personal life that I wasn't getting all of the writing done. So I I said, you know what, I'm going to volunteer and I am going to write every day through Sync Nano in November. So I was doing the 8 a.m. and the 9 p.m. And what's happened, uh, just the outpouring from people uh, in November uh, to me. And then um, Misty Simon and I are on on, uh, the 9 p.m. And I still join on the Tuesday nights that we've continued. And now we're the, you know, the Misty and Marty show. So (laughs) um, we're getting work done. Uh, As you said, there's uh, every... uh, a uh, write-in leader has a little bit of a different style and approach, and we spend time answering questions and encouraging people. And I think putting some fun into it is is important. So people are there to get work done, but also the camaraderie on the mm-hmm. chat and um, working with each other makes it makes a difference. Yeah. Well, writing is a. Um... You know, it is a solitary effort, but it's actually you need your community. It's I don't know that when we're early on in our writing journeys, we understand that as much as we need to. You need other people (laughs) to to help keep you going. Right. And the ideas that you get uh, again uh, when we do the Tuesday. I only join in on Tuesday nights. Uh, I know Misty does Tuesday and Friday. Uh, You know, we. We ask questions. We talk about things that, you know, maybe we're thinking about. I mean, I had a silly question a few weeks ago about I'm at the point in my manuscript. I never print it until it's done. And I said, well, does every do you print your manuscript? Because I feel like I need to do it. And they're all like, no, 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 we don't. You know, just little things yeah. that you're not alone in this journey, no, no matter where you are in in that journey. And um, yes, we need each other because it just makes our writing better. It really um, does. Yeah. You know, so. And you said that it was always going to be mysteries for you because you read mysteries. Mm-hmm. Um, do you gravitate towards, and you're working in the fourth book in your series, do you 
did you gravitate towards writing a series? You know, how would you classify the series? You know, as you're, as you keep working, are you thinking, do other ideas pop in or, or how did, how did you sort of build up the journey and the wherewithal to start this series? Well, uh, you know, I always say to everyone, it it was really born out of the love for my parents who, uh, they never supported a writing career. My parents, uh, were both from Ireland. Uh, education was very important, but you were going to get a job. You were going to be a teacher. You mm-hmm. were going, you're not going to be at home like I wanted to be writing books when I was younger. No, you're not going to do that. You're going to go out and teach. So um, I actually, I went to boarding school in Ireland for two years uh, during my high school years. And I just fell in love with Ireland. And uh, my parents, uh, in later years, they they bought a little home there. And um, I just decided that when I was going to write, it was going to be set in Ireland. Mm. And um, the the overall, uh, the continuing uh, arc and development of Star O'Brien um, is carried out in all of those four books. Her mother disappeared, and Star is American, but Star's mother disappeared when she was six years old, and the police said it was a case of abandonment. Star never, never believed that. So she has an opportunity to go to Ireland. She's searching for her mother, and she's had some other um losses in her life. So she is not underneath. She's a very vulnerable person, but in the exterior, she's not. So that's the growth of her through the series. Um, I'm thinking, I'm planning on ending her arc in book four. Um, some people who know me have said, you know, are you going to continue? I, I don't think so. I have an idea for another series mm-hmm. set in the, uh, the most Northern part of Ireland, uh, which is very rural, very rugged. And so I don't know. Definitely her arc will come to a completion in book four. I've also felt there's a standalone mystery in each book, but the development of, um, what happened to her mother, Mm-hmm. And the relationship she's built since she went to Ireland, I feel that my readers, the people that love the series, they need an answer yeah. um, as to what what happens. So, um, well, and that is part of series building yeah. is to, you know, every book needs to to be self-contained as far right. as a mystery goes. But yeah. having a series arc and a character journey and all that is also why char- people love reading series. They want to find out more or, you know, find out a little bit more and then know that they're going to keep finding out more. Right. That's that's the relationship you build with readers. Yes. And that's so important. Uh, the uh, I mean, that's the greatest joy I get is, uh, you know, the emails that you get from readers or, um, you know, the fact that and when I started writing the series, I thought, OK, who who would want to read these books? And I do believe that my readers and I know from my own email subscriber list and hearing from them that my readers are 50 years and older. Mm-hmm. And they are people who have either been to Ireland or they would love to go. And each of my mysteries, like Clear Island, is a real place. 
uh, Turla Museum, they're set in real places in County Mayo. Um, so I, I'm, you know, I like that the readers love Star O'Brien. Uh, they, they love some of the secondary characters, Aunt Georgina. Uh, a lot of people love her. And also that um, they are learning a little bit about Ireland and the culture and how beautiful it is. Mm -hmm. um, so I always say um, setting in in County Mayo was a tip of my hat to my mother because my mother was from Mayo and my dad was from Cork, County Cork. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, as a reader, I always love traveling to places where yeah. there's knowledge and there's uh, insights into a place. And Ireland has certainly been a wonderful setting for some great mysteries. And I, I also, when you talk about this, I think of my friend Sheila Conley, the late yes. great Sheila Conley, who wrote many series, but I, my favorite of hers I love the Apple Orchard series, but my favorite of hers was her series that she sent in Ireland. She just, um, you could just feel the love of the place and, you know, the, the texture and the understanding of the community um, in those books. Well, an interesting story about her. Uh, I suffer from imposter syndrome <laughs> and I wanted to write to her and say, I'm writing a series set in County Mayo. I had read her books. I had read her website. I know she finally bought a cottage in yes, Ireland. Yes, she did. And, yeah. and I, I own my my parents. My mom passed away this summer as well in August, and I now own that cottage in Mayo. And um, I wanted to write to her, and uh, I, I don't know who I got in touch. Somebody announced on Facebook that she had passed away. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's, it was so sad for me under, you know, having that understanding of how much someone can love Ireland. And she finally got her cottage. I think maybe she was there for maybe a year. Yeah. And, uh, and plus I was sad for me. I thought, why, why was I so afraid to write her an email and introduce myself? But I think a lot of authors, you know, um, you have this imposter syndrome at times that you just don't know uh, whether what you're writing is valuable to other people to read. So, yeah. I think the lesson there for all of us, because I think we all have those moments, right, where yeah. you're meeting somebody or you could reach out to somebody um, yeah. and, and, you know, you imposter syndrome comes in. Um, but somebody like Sheila, who was lovely and kind yes. and would have just beamed. I mean, she yeah. loved people and she loved talking to people. Um, she would have gotten a kick out of it and, and, yeah. you know, encouraged. So, you know, I, I'm sure she's smiling from wherever <laughs> she is at this conversation. Um, but she was a, uh, a wonderful writer, but a wonderful person. Um, and, yeah. and I find that many people in the writing, the crime writing community are wonderful people. I, yes. I don't, you know, um, I often say it's because we work at our frustrations on the page. <laughs> yeah, and I think that again, going back to being a member of Sisters in Crime, um, it is just, uh, people want to answer your questions. They yeah. want to help you. They're very accepting of no matter where you are in your, in your writing journey. 
and uh you know it's a it's it's a wonderful group i'm going to be teaching i was just starting to prep for it uh at a local library just um they had asked me before the this was scheduled to be done before the pandemic and then the pandemic happened and it and then the library director contacted me about a month ago and said, are you willing to come in and do this workshop on the elements of mystery writing? And I said, sure. And um, I uh, just called the library to say, how much time have you allotted me? They gave me an hour. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely going to be, uh, you know, handing out a resource sheet and, and talking to people about um you know, sisters in crime and and other resources that they can use if they're interested in writing mystery stories. Yeah. You mentioned earlier that one of the classes you took was on outlining. So what, tell me about your process. Are you a pantser, a plotter? Do you outline the whole book? How do you, how do you work? I'm definitely a plotter. Um, I don't think I could be a, I, I do feel that sometimes in the middle, that's almost how you, be, you almost like you're a pantser. Yeah. But no, I am a plotter and uh, that course helped me tremendously. I have a, a notebook for everything I write. I start out with what is the theme? You know, what's the premise statement, the theme? I do uh, Venn diagrams with the victim and all the potential suspects. I write setting descriptions. I write it all. And the other thing that I've begun doing is I've been writing the end. When I write the inciting event, I also write the ending. I'm trying to do a mirror image somewhat um, from beginning to end. And then it's the middle where I usually, you know, the and that wonderful Hank Philippi Ryan did something during Nano, the miracle in the middle. Yes. Um, that was very helpful because, uh, you know, you start to say, where am I going with this, even though I've outlined it? Mm-hmm. And um, again, that's, I think, once you've written it and you've gone through it two or three times and then giving it to an editor, several editors, um, before I moved to Florida about five years ago, and I was uh, part of a writing collective in New Jersey. And uh, there's a wonderful person there. He runs the collective, and he reads all of my manuscripts. And um, I rewrite a lot after he's read it. <laughs> but it, that's getting all those outside perspectives um, mm-hmm. on what you're writing and learning from what you've written before and from your reviews and what readers are telling you. Uh, you have to be open to um, accepting uh, mm-hmm. feedback on, mm-hmm. on how you can become better. But yes, I definitely, um, I have to outline. I, I think I could just lose it if uh, if I didn't do that. <laughs> and you can you explain or talk a little bit more about mirroring, like the inciting incident, which usually takes place, you know, 10% into the yeah. novel and and is something that readers may not know, but as a writer, you know, this is when it all, this is when it all happens. Right. This is the the fight that starts the whole thing and, you know, um, or whatever, but then you mirror at the end. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Because that's an interesting, well, another interesting technique that you layer on as you keep writing. Right. In the, in the book that I'm writing now, um, the inciting event is discovered in a meadow. 
And so setting, again, is important. It's in the Connemara Mountains. It's a beautiful, pristine, beautiful area. There's a meadow, there's birds, and there, you know, the, the victim is found there. And as we go through the mystery, um, we find that um, the, the, what has happened is somebody has been uh, doing some, they've been uh, doing something to harm the environment and harm some of nature. Mm-hmm. And in the last, and really in the, in the climax, that person is, um, something happens to them in the, in that meadow mm-hmm. and they are, they are caught in a trap. So it's almost like it, it's a mirror of the beginning and the end, but it's almost like, in my mind, a little morality tale mm-hmm. um, at the end there. So that's just something that I've started in in this book. And uh, again, I think it's more from uh, uh, Hank Philippi Ryan spoke to our chapter last year about the beginnings of a book. And while I was listening to that, it just clicked for me that the ending also if you can is it in the same place is it is it a good uh you know the reader is looking for justice mm-hmm. and um how can you mirror that to the beginning and what happened at the beginning of the book to the end i don't mm-hmm. i don't know if i'm being very articulate about that it's no you absolutely I'm, are yeah. and 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 this is one of the things that writers think about and work on and that readers may not notice, but this is the work of a writer is adding and, and layering and, and adjusting and fixing. Um, Now, when you, you talked about early on, you put a book in a draw. So you learned how to write a fiction book. You put it in the draw. Is it, was that book the first book that you published? Yes. Okay. Yes, so it was. Did you feel going back to it, you had developed more skills to be able to get it ready to, to go? Or how did you sort of um, get it in shape? Our first books teach us how to write books. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but sometimes it needs that you can't, you, I'll speak for myself, you, you, it takes a lot to be able to fix it yourself. Right. So part of fixing it was being a member of the writing collective mm-hmm. uh, in New Jersey. And then I met um, this, this. This is a really interesting story. Uh, while I was still up there, I was a member of a library book club and a gentleman. Uh, he's he has worked for tradition. He has worked for publishing firms. He he's a hybrid author. He um he writes thrillers. He writes um, young adult books. He came to speak at the library, and um, I had some questions about my manuscript, and um, he took it to review. So he he was an editor. He was my first editor, and um, you know. So I think that was that was all part of it. You know, the writing collector collective, um, his editing, and then um I had a copy editor. So I have had a lot of feedback and development on it. But I have to say, even among my my friends who read my books and, and relatives, they'll they they will say, that was good, 
but your next book was better. And I think every author, um, as they grow and develop, that's, that's part of what happens. But, um, uh, it's, uh, and I have a cousin in Ireland. She, she loves to read mysteries, et cetera. And she's the one that reads my books to make sure that I'm, I'm not putting things in the wrong geographical place. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Your authenticity. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think that that knowledge or that understanding that your next book is going to be better is something that knowing that is is hard to really believe, you know, um, so that you need to to let that first book go. I mean, it will be good enough, but your next book's going to be better and your next book's going to be better. And many of us spend years working on that first book when the best thing we could do was to write the next one. Yeah, I, I, yes, I would say that you have to continue moving forward. And uh, again, it all goes back to me, um, you know, everybody has different things that happen in their life, whether it's illness or a family member. And um, you you need to continue to believe in yourself. Mm-hmm. And here I am saying I suffer from imposter syndrome, but I still believe in myself. Yeah. yeah. And um, I think that we have to be able to let things go. Now, um, I don't know how I would be judged. I'm an indie author. So I'm self-publishing. How would I be judged if I was sending my manuscripts to an agent, which maybe I might do at my next series? I'll find out, you know, how much have I grown? I I feel I have some part of a resume now that I can, you know, Mm -hmm. show people that I'm, I'm committed to this. So, yeah, I think we have to be able to. And, and I think there's also a certain amount of pressure. I feel very pressured now to make sure that if, if this is the last book in the series, that this is the best book. Mm-hmm. And I think that can give you, you know, one of the questions that sometimes people ask are, you know, do you suffer from writer's block? Well, I think that's part of, I usually say, well, it's not so much writer's block. It's allowing other things in your life to take control of you and you're not getting the work done. But there is that pressure to make it as good as it can be, you know, the best quality work Mm -hmm. uh, that that's going to have your name on it. And I think that 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 can create a block. So you have to be able to move past that. Um, and sometimes that's just by writing or getting involved, you know, with Sync Nano, doing the things that I like to say that I'm 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 just awash with everything mystery, whether it's the chapter, whether it's sync, reading, going to workshops, taking courses. You're just inundating yourself in all of that. So it's it's part of who you are. You've mentioned a couple of times uh, about being a, an indie author. And so I let's talk about that a little bit, uh, because from my perspective, being an indie author is uh, is a very viable path. And how lucky are we that it is such a viable path these days? Because yeah. in the indie world, there are books that mainstream publishers may not publish but voices that need to be heard or or books that need to be um, written also series 
indie authors can control a series with your traditionally published you may be you might your contract may be not renewed after three books and you have a five book arc that you're thinking about. Yeah. So um, nothing's right or wrong, um, but being an indie author is also a lot of work on the business side, understanding that you've got to hire the copy editor and the proofreader and the cover artist and, you know, check your marketing copy and understand how to do all of that. How did you, how did you learn how everything you needed to do in order to be a successful indie author? Well, uh, part of it was from experience about um, maybe about 12 years ago now, I I self-published a nonfiction book um, for women leaders. It's called Bring Your Spirit to Work One Woman at a Time. And um, that was just another you know, love on my part for, uh, you know, I had finished my doctorate and um, I was uh, very interested in women, women, because I, I spent a large part of, before I went back to education, I spent a large part of my career traveling all over the world, working for companies like, uh, you know, international uh, companies, mm-hmm. working with leaders. And I was very interested in women's leadership. So that experience, I, I didn't realize at the time. Now I had editors, p- other people designed my covers, everything. So I learned everything from soup to nuts. But I somehow got um, hooked up with uh, what you would today call a vanity press, mm-hmm. who didn't do any marketing or anything of the book. And I did use the book. I used to do women's workshops uh, for entrepreneurs and and leadership. So I had that experience coming into writing the mystery books, but I have to still say when I published Death on Clare Island, I was like, okay, it's out there. Why isn't anybody buying it? Right. <laughs> so that has been um, a learning experience. So mm-hmm. you have to have uh if you are independently published, and I think too, also if you are traditionally published, mm-hmm. you have to have a business marketing mindset, and you have to think about who your readers are and how are you going to reach them. Where are they? Where are they hanging out? And um, allocating time uh, for that aspect of the business. Now, again, I, I've spoken to people who say, you know what? I don't care about marketing. I don't care. I just, my book is published. I don't care what happens, Mm -hmm. but, uh, I don't feel that way. Um, I think that if you've put all of this into it, you do want people to be able to read it. So, um, a lot of it, you know, is from experience, um, in our chapter, Citrus Crime Writers, we have a mix of um, indie and traditional. And a lot of times the chapter members are looking for workshops and guest speakers to talk about marketing mm-hmm. because it's not easy. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's, I guess, part of it has been learning um, I belong to a group called Smart Authors. I had been working with a woman in uh, Britain on the launch of my last book. And uh, some of us who had been working with her, we're all based in the U.S. We have a call one once a month and we talk about 
marketing and what we're doing That's with great. our writing. Um, so it's, yeah, I don't know what else to say about that. It's difficult because just earlier I was looking at my calendar and I, I'm rewriting my, um, uh, my mail or li- have a mailing list and I'm thinking I have to make some updates there. And I'm looking at, and I'm, I'm looking at my calendar and saying, gosh, I have to finish my book. I don't really have time to do this marketing. That's, that's a trade-off. And I believe today in the traditional field as well, in traditional publishing, there is an expectation that you have a platform. Absolutely. Yeah. And you spend time marketing. Uh, as you said, you know, uh, Maddie Day, who is has, you know, three different series under or two and another one uh, is coming. Um, she spends a couple hours every day on marketing. Um, you know, it's, it's, we don't want to have to do it, but we, you need to do it. Uh, if you want people to read your book, traditional publishers do have different platforms or they might be able to get you into different places or something, but you've still got to do the work. And I I do think that's a disappointment to folks and there's no easy answer on marketing because it changes all the time, but it's just a fact of life. If you want people to read your books, you have to market them. Yes. And it's the personal contact as like, I, even though, I'm fairly quiet person. I like the part of getting to speak to readers mm-hmm. or doing this workshop in February. I'm looking forward to it. I just checked today on Facebook. I believe 13 people have already signed up for it. So I, when I found out it was only an hour, I was very disappointed because I could, you know, I had all these ideas of things that I would have them do. But you want to have the connection with the readers. And I have some friends here in Florida who are from New Jersey and, and they're inviting me to book clubs and they're, they're asking me for the book. So it is an important part of who you are as an author and why, why are you sharing this story? Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I'm sharing Star's story because of her. She never gave up believing in her mother and that her mother would have abandoned her. So that is a theme that touches a lot of people. And you, so that's part of the marketing. Maybe if you look at it as a way to connect with Mm -hmm. people, Mm -hmm. it could seem easier to do. You can't be thinking, oh, well, I want to make you know, tons of money doing this. That's not the way you're going to connect with with your readers. Well, and Sisters in Crime does the business of book survey. So yes. the third one, we're gathering data, you know, as we're recording this, by the time this is uh, distributed, it will be closed and hopefully the report will be in process. Um, but the number one way people find out about books is word of mouth. <laughs> we can talk about everything else, but word of mouth recommendations or, uh, you know, reviews or talking to people uh, is the number one way. So, so helping people with word of mouth, recommending, you know, holding, doing a book selfie or, or whatever you can do is actually incredibly helpful. Readers can help 
authors yes. um, by just letting other people know that they've read the book. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I, and it's, it's very heartwarming. And yes. I, uh, you know, Sisters in Crime did a great survey. It must be over 10 years ago on mystery and who the readers are. And maybe, maybe the e format was just starting to come come up then yeah. I forget what year it was published in but I've read that over several times and again that was part of making a decision to write a series because Sisters in Crime in that survey had found that uh readers like series they like to like the uh the main character and to follow that that person along so uh there is you know, there is some business thinking and strategic thinking that has to go into um, what you're doing with your books and your audience. Well, and you could have told Star's story in one book, yes. um, but but you decided to to tell it in a series, which gives you space to build the secondary characters and let people visit Ireland a little bit more. So there's so many ways you could do it, but I do think people love not just the main character and their story, but they love those secondary characters and those other stories and, and really revisiting that community um, book after book. Yeah. 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 And do you, so you said you, you're noodling another idea mm -hmm. and maybe there's a standalone in your future. <laughs> Who knows? How does that work with, for you? You're working on the fourth star mystery, which right now you're imagining is the end of this series or the end of this arc. Yeah. Who knows, right? She could come up in a short story or I mean that's the beauty of this you never know um but you want to take on a new series how how what have you learned by writing that first series that you're gonna that's gonna make the second series a little bit easier um I think that I will write a synopsis for the series that's mm -hmm. the first thing and I don't know how many books it will be yet. Uh, this is, uh, and I'm going slightly into a different, it's mystery, but with some paranormal aspects. Uh. So I have to, I have a lot of reading to do about myths and um, mm -hmm. in in Ireland and Northern Ireland. But what I would do, I I am planning to see if I can find an agent the mm -hmm. series so i believe you know i want to write a synopsis for the series to begin with and um that's about all so far i've written a short story that i haven't done anything with it just to try to i'm world building yes yeah. who are the characters uh is this something that i can connect with for multiple mm -hmm. books. Like, mm -hmm. I fell in love with Star O'Brien. Yeah. I fell in love with her. And I, you know, I feel as if I know her and she's a part of my life. The In the next book, the uh, main character is a former uh, police detective from Dublin who has to come back to County Mayo for, for some specific reasons. So I don't, I have to, I'm world building to see if I can fall in love Mm -hmm. with the character but i i think it has a lot of potential i i need to think about who the readers would be because mm -hmm. it may not 
appeal. Now I've talked to some of my um, friends that I talk to once a month saying, you know, I'm not sure if this is going to be for the 50 or older. And they, they're saying, oh no, if they like your writing right. and they, they like your books, they're going to read it. So yeah. there's a lot of questions in my mind that I'm thinking about that I haven't really spent a lot of time on yet. No. So, well, you're working on the fourth book, so that's, yeah. <laughs> can also, that takes some time. And yeah. when do you think the fourth book will be out in 2023 or 2024? I'm planning 2023. I'm mm-hmm. almost done with the first draft, but uh, if it's not, it's not. Yep. You know, it still has to go through. I have to go through it at least two more times, layer in some other things. Then it's got to go to the writing collective, then to an editor. And um, I work with a um, on my first book, the editor uh, who took and that's a whole nother story. But anyway, the person who took my book to edit kept it for a year. And through another friend, I I work with a company now that they 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 support um, a traditionally published author. They have their own little formatting company, and they find all the editors and they do the formatting f- for me. So uh, usually, if I give them enough of a heads up, yeah, you know, they'll say, "Well, you know, we can have the copy editing back in a month." You yeah, know, think, which you is know, great. Three to four weeks. Yeah. So um, yeah, I'm hoping, but I'm not. I'm not pushing it because I, like I said, if this is the last book in the series, yeah. it has got to be terrific. Yeah. You want uh, to get at it the right. end of that story. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, I love your enthusiasm and um, the conversation and, uh, you know, wish you well with visiting Star O'Brien this year. And also I want to thank you so much for being part of the write-in team. Um, yes. And, and again, members can, can talk to you on Tuesday nights at nine o'clock Eastern um, with Misty Simon. But, um, you know, thanks for all you do for SYNC. Oh, thank you. And I thank SYNC. I thank you. And anything I can do uh, in the future, any volunteer work, just let me know. Thank you so much, Martha. All right. Take care, Julie. Thank you for being with us today. Sisters in Crime is about community. We were founded to advocate for women crime writers, and we continue that mission by fighting for equity in the crime writing community. Sisters in Crime is an international, inclusive organization for all who write and love crime fiction, mystery, thrillers, and suspense. Join us at sistersincrime.org and make sure you subscribe to this podcast.